Well, hello everyone, and welcome to the All for Jesus Ministries podcast, fulfilling the Great Commission and igniting a passion in others to do the same. My guest here with me today is Patrick Berger. He is the Director of Outreach and Evangelism with All for Jesus, and uh, we've known each other through email and Facebook correspondence for a couple of years now, and uh, I've had the privilege over the past year to be working with him side by side in person, and I gotta say, it's been a lot of fun, and here we are doing this podcast together. Patrick, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having me on, Willie. It's a joy, and this past year working with you has been a real pleasure for for me as well, so we're looking forward to, to this next year. Yeah, it's it's going to be great. I mean, you know, 2019 was just a great year of, of ministry for for all of us. I mean, uh, you know, just all the things that I was able to do before I joined the ministry, and then joining the ministry on top of that was awesome for me. And then for you guys, I mean, you know, you were partnering up with new churches and doing outreaches that you haven't done before, and so I'm I'm excited to be a part of this, especially in this season of ministry for for us. Absolutely, and you you came on at a good time. Um, we we are are very lacking in the organizational skills sometimes, and so a relaunching, having some more organization help, and you are. You're a man of the plan, so that's that's been a joy, and I'm excited to have that this next year as well. Yeah, those, those chalkboard tablets, you know, those are those are also, uh, you know, sometimes I'll have the, the plans chiseled on the back of them. That's why I only use one side. You know. <laughs> that's my, right. My plans are written in stone. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> but that's been a, a real joy, and we're looking forward to that next year. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and, it, and likewise, it's been just as much of a joy working with you and Adam and uh, and everybody else I've been able to work with, uh, you know, even if it was only for short periods of time for little ministry things uh, and or even just a single night on the walkway. It was just, it's been great. Uh, evangelism is, is fun for me, but it is even more fun with people. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, I had a mentor, he used to always say, um, he was very much an introvert, and you know, he said evangelism isn't isn't really fun for me, but it's something. It's not fun to do, but it's fun to have done. And sometimes that's how it feels. But it's always a joy to be out there with someone else. So that helps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, amen. So tell us about your role in the ministry. Sure. So this is a fairly, I guess, within the past year, this is a fairly new role, uh, being the the director of outreach and evangelism. It's new enough that I still don't always know what my job title is, so there's that. Um, but basically, what I do is is exactly what it sounds like. I, I direct the outreach and evangelism, so um, I'm trying to to plan uh, plan ahead and, and get, get us doing our job out in the area, which, as you already mentioned, is uh, to fulfill the Great Commission and ignite a passion in others to do the same. Uh, so that looks like street ministry. Um, we're trying to, to plan our monthly outreaches to every month have a presence, you know, apart from our, our trainings, but every month have a presence, just us and anyone else that's willing to join us, getting out in the street, sharing the gospel, um, whether that's joining you out on the walkway over the Hudson, whether that's doing gospel walks in the city of Newburgh, um, or street preaching down on the waterfront in Newburgh, um, thinking about some spots in Poughkeepsie to hit, 
so, so that's one aspect of what we do. And the other is taking part in our, our church trainings. Um, mm. you, we usually do four weeks fun. of training. It's, it's really a blast. Um, I was actually just two of the churches that, that we worked with this past year. Um, I think you were, you were involved in one of them. You were involved at Leptondale uh-huh. and we were also at Tabernacle and I was just at an event at Tabernacle yesterday and got to see, uh, both of those pastors, uh, from those ministries and talking a little bit about the year to come. So that's exciting. Um, just looking ahead and, and seeing some of the people that, that sat under the training and, and went out in the street with us and kind of faced their fears in evangelism. So that's that's something we're really, really excited about doing more of this year as well. And this yeah. past year really was, there was an exponential increase. Um, I, I can't recall the number off the top of my head of how many we did, uh, but it, the years before they would do one to three was was really the, the norm. Um, and even less than that some years. So this last year really was a dramatic uptick in the evangelism trainings, and that is what we want to see. We want to see that number keep climbing. Yeah, exactly. So we want to we want to do the igniting part in these exactly. evangelism trainings, and and I saw I saw some good fruit. I wasn't able to be a part of the outreach for the Leptondale training, but I I, right. I did hear and I saw pictures, and it seemed like it was really really it went over very well. But the classes themselves, yeah. people were engaging. They weren't just sitting there. They people were asking questions. They were making comments. They were sharing thoughts. They were sharing experiences with their homework. It was just like ah, I I was I I was so sad when it was over. <laughs> I was just gonna tell you. I recall the story. The one woman uh, talking about their waitress that they they saw every every week or a couple times a week at Dunkin' Donuts that they got to share the gospel with, even briefly in passing. You know, those are the kind of contacts that come out of some of these trainings. Yeah, yeah, because, uh, you know, because some people are really good with everyday-as-you-go evangelism, where they can just strike up a conversation with a bank teller. Right. Whereas others, you know, they have to make it more, like, event, you know, like, activity, like, very purposeful, okay, I'm going out for the the purpose of doing evangelism, and I'm going to do whatever I can that day because they're not as strong with the everyday front. Both are sure. equally important. Yes. And, and typically, um, you know, this is true with your prayer life. There's a lot of people who say, well, I don't really have a time of prayer, um, you know, but I just kind of pray as I go. But typically, if you don't have a time of prayer, um, you're not going to wind up praying during the day. Hmm. But when you build that practice of prayer, well, throughout the day, you've already built the habit of talking to God. So you're going to be quick to turn to him throughout the day. And I I think it's similar with evangelism. Um, It it is much easier, especially for those of us who aren't very good at during the day as you go evangelism. We're not good at, you know, picking up a quick conversation. Um, You learn to recognize those opportunities when you when you build those opportunities, when you, as a practice, share the gospel, when you make it a part of your life. Amen. On purpose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and we're, you know, we're here sharing the gospel because we ourselves have been transformed by the gospel. Amen. You know, many, you know, like 
you know, some of us a few years ago in general, you know, as, as a church, you know, you know, for those of you who are listening, maybe you're, you're new to the faith. Maybe you've been in the faith for, you know, you have to count by decades. Um, but we've all been transformed by it and that's why we do what we do. Amen. So tell us about how you came to know Christ. Well, let's see. I was... And don't tell me it's a boring testimony. (laughs) No, it's not. Um, It's not boring because it's amazing to me. Um, And we think about the gospel, and we just forget how incredible the gospel is. Um, The notion that God himself, the, the creator of all the universe, told the mountains to come up and they came, told the valleys to go down and they went... That God takes residence in us, you know, and, and puny little us. I, I had to be, I want to say, five years old, um, five or six years old. I, I was still being, being homeschooled in preschool. Um, I, I grew up in a, in a home where my mother was a believer. We were in a really solid uh, Bible-teaching church, and my, my older siblings all went to a Christian school, and I was still at home. And and I remember sitting in our old Oldsmobile station wagon in the Newburgh Mall parking lot, and my mother must be very good at reworking conversations into gospel conversations. <laughs> um, that must be a skill that she has, because I just looked up. I didn't remember the reference, um, but I remember the verse we were talking about was, it was, uh, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. Hmm. Uh, and that's from Psalm 133. And I don't know how she turned that into a gospel conversation, but but that was the the day that I really began to realize um, that I was a sinner, that I was in need of a Savior, that my sin deserved to be punished, and that that God himself stepped down in the person of Jesus Christ, paid the penalty for my sin, and rose from the dead to prove that it worked. And that was the first day that I I really began to repent and and believe in him. so that was very young, and then really when I was in middle school, when I kind of started to to think for myself a little bit more, was when my when my faith took off and I started studying the Bible and and things like that. So that was how I came to Christ, and it's a it's a simple story, but it's amazing that God Himself condescended to take up residence in a five year old boy. You know, yeah, that's an incredible he had a purpose thing. for you. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, and he, and, he and, wanted you to get ready. <laughs> that's that's and he awesome. Knew, he 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 knows our weaknesses and he knows our needs. You know he he knows that one person may be able to go through much hardship and and sin and come out on the other side, um, being a better testimony for him and strengthened uh, by him after coming through all of those things and. And, and they'll serve him better in that. And he knew that that I could not. He he knew that I needed to be in an incubator. And and so so very kindly and compassionately he incubated me. And and that is a a real blessing that I'm very thankful for. You see, what would have been really awesome is if your mom had been able to take like a reference from Leviticus 14 and turn it into a right. gospel conversation. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> There's uh, there's wonders and there's miracles. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> so you know that, but, that's but really that was... great. That's really great that Ooh. you were called you know called to to know Christ and you you came to know this at, at such a young age. So you know you have you have a really a good foundation where you didn't have to 
you know, spend all those years wallowing in sin, you know, until you come to your senses, you know, God was clearly, I mean, very, very gracious to to call you like that. Amen. Amen, indeed. (laughs) So what, what ended up calling you into ministry in general? Sure. Well, let's, let's fast forward a few years. So that, that was, um, you know, I was probably about five years old and uh, pre-K and, and then I guess I was probably in, in high school. Um, like I said, around middle school, I, my faith really started to, to take off and I had begun to study the Bible on my own. Um, and uh, of course, all along the way, all through middle school and high school, there were so many I was a believer, um, but there were so many inconsistencies, so much bad attitude and things along the way. So I don't, I don't want to make myself sound like a young John Edwards or anything, but um, you know. So as I was growing, um, the Lord was very, very gracious to me. He surrounded me. My father was not a believer at the time, um, and so God just surrounded me with a veritable army of godly men um, who taught me the Bible, who deacons would bring me out, deacons and pastors would bring me out in visitation with them. Um, and at a, at a very young age, my, my pastors were very brave and they allowed me to preach an evening service. There was a, like a youth service. The youth group led the whole service. They did the worship and I didn't have any skills to contribute there. I couldn't sing or play any instruments. Like, well, <laughs> kid never shuts up and we let him preach. So, <laughs> so I preached and that was my, my first experience preaching. Um, and like I said, the, the pastors in that church were very good to me. Um, they wanted to disciple me and, and, uh, nurture the fruits that I had. So they gave me more opportunities to preach and take part in the ministry with them just to kind of learn, learn the ropes. And that was the beginning of my call to ministry. I realized then that that's what I wanted to do with my life and in some form or fashion um, and so that's, that's been a trajectory since then through, uh, just a simple one year Bible college, um, a lot of different jobs, but always with the aim at uh, full-time ministry, Lord willing. Hmm. Awesome. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. You know, to be able to, you know, get a, you know, even just an early, early preaching. I mean, I, I wasn't I, able to do my first preaching until I think I was, uh, I think I was 20. 23 years old before I could do, you know, even just a first, you know, anything uh, besides right. just giving the announcements. Right. And, uh, and Now, I don't necessarily recommend anyone else do this that way. Like, I don't think that a, that a 15-year-old boy should usually be in the pulpit, and I probably was not qualified, and I'm sure I said some things that, that I certainly should not have. Um, but be that as it may, God used it greatly in my life. Amen. Yeah, that that's that's the that's the whole thing there is to be a willing vessel, you know, and allow Absolutely. God to work through you. You know, you can say dumb things, doesn't give you the right to say it without care. <laughs> but right. yeah. Cuz I cuz I I still have my first I have the CD recording of my first sermon and I, okay. I, I remember it very vividly and I, I I decided to put it in the in the CD player one day and I wish I had a dollar for every time I said um uh <laughs> That's funny. You know, I find myself, I chameleon, or I, uh, I I imitate what I listen to and without realizing it. So one time when I was in Bible college, I came back to preach, and I I listened to the recording after, and I heard, I was 
I was like sounding exactly like my Bible survey professor. I was using his mannerisms, and I always I kind of make fun of them now. You know, I I think they're kind of funny, but I was doing them. I I sounded just like him. So <laughs> sometimes it's best not to hear yourself afterwards. Yeah, I mean, I I, I have other recordings of of preachings, and I just. It's like, oh, I'll just let, I'll send it to other people to listen to, because I know they're going to want to listen to it, but uh, I'm not sure, so sure about myself. <laughs> yeah. I'm not I'm really sure. interested in punishing myself by listening to it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you on that, brother. Full steam. <laughs> so, you know, okay, so you've got a, you know, you've got a good foundation in, in ministry, discipleship, and mentorship in general. So how did you get involved with uh, with All for Jesus? Sure. Um, so I was aware of All for Jesus um, back in, well, let's see, I think the ministry was founded in 2010, um, if I recall correctly. But the guys that founded the ministry, they ran this event a, couple, a year, year and a half or so before that. Uh, this big event, the Pine Bush High School, and I remember that event. That was I went to a Christian high school by then, and and they really pushed that event there. And I didn't go to it because um, I was way too cool for that stuff. Like I said <laughs> I had a bad attitude all along the way, but but the Lord was using me anyway by His grace. So I was way too cool for that. Wasn't a part just of Balaam's it. Just Balaam's donkey. That's all. A- exactly. That's right. If he can talk <laughs> through through rocks and sticks and and Balaam's donkey, then he can even use me. <laughs> Uh, so, so that was, um, that was in high school. I was aware of, of all for Jesus. And then I had some friends who had gone out and done evangelism with all for Jesus. Uh, Dominic Benassio, who, you know, he, he had gone out with them some and in times past. And, uh, I, I was never really interested, uh, um, at that time I was doing different things. I, I was with word of life doing open air evangelism with them. And, uh, Eventually, I came back to the area. I'd been living upstate mostly. I came back and settled in the area and was trying to to do evangelistic work in the area. And Adam Gordon uh, comes up to me, and I'd been crashing the the Christian club at New Pulse. And he says, hmm, "Would you be our?" Uh... <laughs> oh, that's right. That, I, I got that'll, that'll be the next target. question. But <laughs> but you know, I I wasn't actually going there. Uh, for my wife at that point, I was going there for, for our buddy who we wanted to see, and he was too cool to hang out with us because he got a girlfriend. So I had all this extra time. He wouldn't hang out with me, and that's where I found my wife. But uh, Okay. <laughs> so so anyway, I'm there at this club, and Adam says, asked me if I would be interested in being the um, coordinator of outreach, I think. Maybe that's why I was confused on my job title. The coordinator of outreach for the uh for the college club and i was like oh i'm not really into college ministry that's not really my thing um uh, so i so i said probably not i'll think about it pray about it probably not and i later on i'm thinking about it i'm like i'm just being stupid here you know i i i am called to share the gospel and help equip other people to do the same thing and that's exactly what i'm being asked to do so so I, I took that position, um, and I, I helped him there on the college for a while. We would do some some like uh, question and answer sessions for and give away lunch and just kind of walk around and share the gospel and and so we did that for a while. Um, 
and eventually, uh, Adam, uh, I did marry, uh, I married a beautiful young lady, Erica, then you, um, who, who was a student at the college. And so when she graduated and finished all her, her college things, I, I, uh, married her and that was a real joy. And this really was Adam's master plan. Erica was just a gem. So he figured if he could get me on staff, he'd keep her. So I'm I'm just I'm the dead weight here. <laughs> so that's that's how I can't even recall when I came on staff officially because it was kind of a slow process. I was helping in one thing, helping in another, and then Adam just slowly uh, got me on board. Actually, the the former president one time talked me out of coming on staff because hmm. he was like, oh. You know, parachurch ministry doesn't pay very well. You're, you're going to be struggling your whole life. You know, you're you're. It's going to be really tough. And he like talked me out of it. And Adam's like, man, what are you doing? Talking him out of the job. So eventually, uh, the Lord prevailed, and so did Adam. And so here I am today. <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that that is really really cool. And uh, you know, and, and you got married as a result of all this stuff. You know, that that's. <laughs> You know, who who said who who said you can't find a, a fulfilling life of happiness uh, in in Christ Jesus? Oh, absolutely, man. This is uh, there's a Jim Elliot quote. Um, I, I think it was shortly after beginning his his relationship with his his wife Elizabeth. He said, "I could never, I could never have asked for what God has in deliberate grace surprised me with," and that is just. <laughs> such a good summary of the Christian life. God blesses his children um, so much. He is so pleased to bless us and, and give us joy and satisfaction in him and in the ministry that he lays before us. Yeah, amen. And so, so fast forwarding, you know, it, and it's all, well, actually, let's not fast forward. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll slow right down. Yeah, we'll just, you know, slow right down. Um <laughs> You know, and, and it's just kind of funny how, how we ended up meeting, because I think it was actually Dominic who um, recommended that I uh, subscribe to your prayer letter that you send out, and uh, that's how yep. that's how we, we connected in the first place. And, you know, so it was, it was a joy reading your prayer letters, uh, you know, just like, hey, this is really cool, you know, knowing that this guy is doing all this stuff, you know, going down to the city, doing doing open air preaching and you know i would you know i'd send you messages and you know and i guess i guess it was encouraging to you as well you know my you know my little piddly things around here (laughs) because at the time i was starting out just doing independent ministry and then uh you know and then um you know last year in 2019 and uh in april i connected with adam same kind of thing you know adam gordon and i had known each other via facebook for a couple of years based on like a, an, right. also a recommendation of a, a mutual friend and so uh he invites me to a new pulse event and, and that's when i finally got to meet adam in person i didn't actually meet you in person until uh, a couple months later actually it was like it was almost like june when when we actually yeah, met I've... in person at the walkway yeah that actually that's right that was not very long ago huh yeah I'm trying to recall what what was that was that first meeting when Adam and I when you had Adam and I over yeah. and we got to meet you and your boys and and your wife. Oh, okay. No, no, actually, no. Wow. No, uh, we met we met at the walkway for the first time. Oh yeah, we were coming That's out to help. Right. Me. Uh, I think. That's right. I, I remember that now. Was you and Adam, 
and then yep. and then uh, you both like kind of took turns coming out with me and uh, you know bringing people along as well. And that was yes. such a great time on the walkway. I mean, I was out there I think 18 times last year. Wow. And I think maybe I think less than half of them I was alone. Because normally I'm alone for all of them. <laughs> right. So, you know, not only did I do more last year, because usually I go like, you know, maybe nine or ten times over the course of the summer. Uh, so this time I did considerably more. And also, you know, usually those nine or ten times I'm by myself. And, it, you know, it could be it can be rough doing it by yourself. But, yeah, like, you know, having you come out. I mean, even though there were there were a couple times where you came out, nobody stopped and talked. Right. <laughs> Not for lack of trying. That's right. That's that's the way that God works sometimes, you know. I, he thought that we needed to get to know each other a little bit there yeah. early on. <laughs> and it, it it's been a great it's been a great fellowship. Um you know, and I've 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 thoroughly enjoyed it. And um and I, I hope that I've been I hope I've been uh, you know, uh, an equal contribution to the ministry in that in that sense. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, and it's also been really fun, you know, learning, you know, seeing your style, you know, your, your, um, with your sketchboard. You know, I, I got to see that, I got to see that back in July last year with the Newburgh, like the, like the, uh, what was that church? That street fair thing yeah. we did. Yeah. I, I can't think of the name, but now myself, but that street fair we did there in the summer. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I love I love seeing other people's styles, you know, like, you know, what what's the best style of evangelism? I don't know. What gets you to do it, right? <laughs> That's right. The one you do. That's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the one that brings people to know Christ, you know. So whatever one you think does it, go ahead, go for it. That's right. There's things that we might think are more effective or less effective, uh, but I always remember we were walking down the street when I was with Word of Life. We had a whole group of, of Bible Institute students. And we're down in the city. And I can still picture the kid. He was a great kid. He's actually, I think he wound up going on to be on a summer evangelism team. I think he turned out to be a really great servant of the Lord. But <laughs> we're walking down the street, and there's this guy standing on the corner with, like, a microphone and maybe a, maybe wearing a sign, you know. Um, and that's not something that I usually think is terribly effective, the kind of guy wearing a sign, yelling at people passing. Um, but what he was saying, he wasn't saying anything terrible. He wasn't being rude. He was preaching the gospel. Um, and this kid goes, man, people like that, they just give the rest of us a bad name. And I was like, the rest of us? Is that how many times have you shared the gospel uh, <laughs> before this weekend? And he's like, oh, I mean, I don't know. He, he couldn't come up with a number. He was looking kind of shamefaced. And I was like, you, you don't get to, to class yourself with him. He's out here. I've seen him before out here looking like a fool for Christ. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I like the way he shares the gospel better than the way that most uh, evangelicals don't. Yeah. To be, to be quite exactly. Frank. So, yeah. You know, that's, that's <laughs> a good moody quote right there. You know, that was, that's right. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's where that came from. That's originality, right? Being able to forget where you heard a quote. Yes. <laughs> or, or just having like a funky mustache and a and a craft beer or something like that, you know. Just call yourself a hipster, and then everything you do is original, right? That's right. <laughs> I got nothing against any of that stuff. Although I'm, I'm definitely insanely jealous of anybody who can grow facial hair at will. <laughs> yeah, mustaches are like. There's very few people that 
that can pull the mustache off well. I think, I don't know, most guys below the Tom Selleck, Sam Elliott range probably should should stick with a beard, but uh, that's just a personal <laughs> a personal preference, I suppose. Fair enough, fair enough. So, <laughs> so looking into 2020, um, yes. pun totally intended, what is your 2020 vision? <laughs> My 2020 vision is, well, um, this is terribly original of me, I know, but it is to fulfill the Great Commission and to ignite a passion of others to do the same. That sounds familiar. <laughs> Namely, <laughs> we want to keep doing what we've been doing, and but we just want to do it better. Um, I've been trying, we've, we've got a little girl on the way coming in, um, well, I'm blanking out here now, mid-April. I know I'm being recorded, so I was forgetting that, but I do know it's mid-April. Um, so I'm trying to plan as far ahead as I can now um, so that the planning stage doesn't have to happen when I'm trying to change a dirty diaper or things like that. Um, so, oh, that's so a filled character, to, man. Oh, 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 I know. I'm I'm willing to change the diapers. I just I don't know how well I'll be at multitasking, you know. So, <laughs> so trying to be as... Uh, you know, be as strategic as, as we can be about this thing. So, uh, so uh, we're looking at doing as much outreach as, as we feasibly can. Um, I want to be using the arenas we have, you know, we're not down in New York city where, um, wherever you go, if you raise your voice, there's someone within, within range that can hear the gospel. We've got to be creative. We've got to find them where they are. Um, your walkway over the Hudson. We're really excited about, um, you know, sometime in, in mid-May doing our, our first big outreach there, trying to get as many people as we can to um, to get out there on the walkway over the Hudson. There's so many people walking on this this walkway that is like apparently a, a tourist attraction. Oh, worldwide. You know, it's in our backyard. We yeah. forget about it. It's like a worldwide, it's like the, I forget what the, um, it's, it's, it's the only one of its kind in some way, and I don't even know what the way is because it's the longest, I'm spoiled by... It's living. the longest exclusive pedestrian bridge in the world. The longest exclusive pedestrian bridge in the world. Okay. that's So that's its claim to fame. Um, how long is it? Do you recall? Uh, it's one and a quarter miles across. Okay. And, and it's so you've part... You've got one and a quarter miles, and it's packed a lot of times, and right? And it's part of an 18-mile system. Right, right, right. That and, and it's packed. That that one and a quarter miles across the Hudson River. There's days where it is it is legitimately like it's tight on there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a lot of people right there that are constantly going by. And not only is it a lot of people, it's people from all over the world. Yeah. Um, so, so we have the opportunity to share the gospel there. And who knows where it's going back to? Could be going back to closed countries in Asia, mm-hmm. you know, it could be going to the Middle East, you know, it could, it could be going all over the world just from that little spot. Um, the, the same thing when right here in my backyard in the city of Newburgh, it's, it's amazing. It's just this little tiny square of a city, this tiny little thing. And you could throw a rock from one end of it to another. Um, but you have down on the waterfront, if you sit there and listen to people walking by, you hear all different languages. Mm-hmm. You hear Eastern European languages. You, you know, you hear people speaking Spanish. You hear people uh, speaking uh, various Asian languages walking by right there 
in this tiny little waterfront area. There's a couple restaurants and, you know, and a little bit of boardwalk. And um, so that's an opportunity. That's I like to set up my sketchboard there and do open-air preaching and see what, what conversations we can strike up. I'm looking forward to doing that this summer. Um, and just planning some more of those gospel walks that we that we like to do in Newburgh. We just walk up and down the streets of of the other side of the kind of line of demarcation. It's very, um, very impoverished area. Uh, so you'll walk up and down Broadway with a cooler full of water and just offer people a bottle of water. They'll take it and they will almost always let you share the gospel with them when you give them water. Hmm. It's, it's an astounding thing. Um, so often where people are most in need, they're most willing to hear the gospel. Um, even when you're not meeting their needs, it's just that those are the people that are willing to hear the gospel very often. And so we, we've had a lot of really great gospel conversations up and down Broadway and, and on some of the side streets off of it. And we're looking to do more of the same this year. Um, and, and bringing churches along for the ride. That's really, that's really what we want to do. Um, as a parachurch ministry, it would be great to work ourselves out of a job, right? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You know, it it would be great to for the churches to be so evangelistic, um, for the people to be so motivated to to get the gospel before everyone in the Hudson Valley that we've got to go somewhere else <laughs> to find unreached peoples. Um, because that is what most of our area is: is people who really don't know the gospel. Mm-hmm. Maybe they've never actually heard a, a legitimate preaching of the gospel in their life. Yeah. So, so that's who, who we want to reach here. Are there any areas that that um you haven't like you've you've just kind of had your eye on you haven't had a chance to get to yet that you might want to try this year? Yeah. Yeah, more Poughkeepsie. Um, I haven't gotten into Poughkeepsie very much at all. Um, and so I want to do a little bit more. I, I know that you've been doing the walkway over the Hudson. You've been doing some other stuff uh, during the summer. I'm hoping to. There's that street corner there by the Duncan. I've been there with some of the guys mm. from, from Grace and Wappingers, uh, like Dominic. I'd like to do that a little bit more and just find some other spots. I I took a tour through some different areas with um, uh, with Pastor Paul from over there at Tabernacle, and, and I want to hit some of those spots that we weren't really able to work into our outreaches with Tabernacle. Um, and I'd like to kind of cast my eye a little bit farther north on this side of the river as well, places like Kingston. Hmm. We've really done nothing with Kingston, and and I know there's a few really good churches up there we, we've had a hard time connecting with, but um, but I, I really would like to, if the Lord allows it, I'd like to have a part in the work up there. Cool. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, Kingston has some really, Kingston's really, really good for, like, event evangelism. You know, because, like, they got stuff going right. down at the round, on the roundout landing. Man, that place is packed, and people are interested in having conversations about the Lord, even if it's a little colorful. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Anyone who'll talk, you know, that's the, as, if you're going to share the gospel, you have to be willing, well, like Jesus was, to talk to people who need it. Yeah. That's, he who has ears, let him hear. The, uh, exactly. Exactly, and last I looked, everyone had ears, so... Right. <laughs> I'm not sure that's exactly the correct application of that text, but um, but, I'll, but I'll claim it for, for our use today. Sure, yeah, name it, <laughs> claim it, it's yours now. 
<laughs> so, so with all these things that you have in mind for the year, the Lord is, you know, I, I believe the Lord has clearly put it on your heart. So what, what do you need in order for that to happen? Well, um, prayer. Prayer is uh, one of my heroes, uh, a missionary to uh, to the tribes people in China, J.O. Frazier. He said, um, prayer, is, I, I used to think that prayer was first and then preaching. Or I used to think preaching was first and then prayer. And then I thought that that preaching was, well, that prayer was first and then preaching. But now I know that prayer comes first, second, and third, and then comes preaching. Um, our first, last, and greatest need is prayer. No work of God will will move forward without it. Um, we need to be prayed for. Um, we need prayer that the folks to whom are trying to share the gospel, their hearts will be open to it. Um, we need to pray that we would have the quick thinking we need uh, to be able to, to answer their questions, to, to meet their needs. Um, we need to be defended against the enemy's uh, snares against temptation, against difficulty. We need prayer in that respect. Um, and so that that is the very first thing that I would ask of anyone. And, and this is a serious request, not just a, an evangelical necessity, but we, we truly need prayer. Um, and that's the thing we value most. Um, further, people, right? We, we, we want to have um, co-workers out there. We want to work ourselves out of a job, so please give us the opportunity to, to help you. Um, if you feel like like so many people that I've spoken to, uh, they'll say something like, you know, I used to share the gospel all the time. We first came to Christ. When we were younger, we shared the gospel all the time, but they haven't in 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Um, we want to help you recapture some of that um, zeal that you had and overcome some of your evangelistic apprehension. Um, if you'd give us that opportunity, we would be, we would be so honored and privileged to be a part of that. Um, and, and, and finally, uh, always a need that we have, um, is, is finances We're we're having a little girl. And, and so, um, that's going to, to take time. And so I, I had a friend tell me one time in regards to fundraising, someone always pays for your ministry, um, Either your family pays for it because you don't have time for them because you're too busy doing ministry and and uh, working, or your job pays for it because you're lousy at your job because you're divided between your family and ministry, or your ministry pays for it by not happening. Um, so so we do need financial support as well. So that's something if if you have funds that you've been praying about how to use them, or if you need to pray about how to use some funds, well, that's something you could pray about with supporting the ministry of All for Jesus. Amen. Yeah, those are all very, very important things, for sure. Prayer, prayer, prayer. Because, you know, you pray, you know, look at what happened with Jesus' disciples when he said, therefore pray to the Lord of the harvest for, to raise up laborers. Amen. The very next thing that happened, the ones that he said to pray are the ones who are doing the laboring. Absolutely. So if you pray, you know, you pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, then, you know, he's going to call you to do what you're called to do. You know, so whatever it is that God needs you to do, you're going to find out through that prayer. So, yeah, start with your prayer. Absolutely. And those are prayers that God wants to answer, right? <laughs> when when you say, Lord, I just, I pray that the gospel would be, would be made great in Hudson Valley. 
do you think that that's not his motivation more than it is yours? Right. So it's like, man, that one's a cinch. He wants to, I know that he wants to give me an affirmative answer to that prayer. So you can pray with such faith and confidence. That is a prayer that God is pleased to answer. So pray it. (laughs) Yeah, because you live here, so therefore God has called you to work here. Absolutely. You can't just, you know, sit there twiddling your thumb saying, hey, I wish I could, uh, you know, I wish I could go to an unreached people group, you know, and you're sitting in the middle of a, you know, an unreached people group because, you know, ha- you know we're in a, we're in a post-Christian society. Absolutely. I, I always recall one time crossing the, uh, I guess we're crossing the George Washington Bridge. I'm, I'm, I'm forgetful now of what bridge you were crossing going into the, into New York City. Um, but it, it was getting on to evening, and I just remember seeing all the windows lit up. And I remember a quote, David Livingston, um, he heard this quote, and it's what sent him to Africa. Another missionary, I think it was Robert Moffat, I think was his name. Yeah. He said, I've seen at different times the smoke of a thousand villages. Um, he says, I've seen from my porch the smoke of a thousand villages where the gospel has never been preached, um, where the people were without hope without Christ in this world. And David Livingston heard that, and he was like, all these people without hope, without Christ, I need to go to them. Yeah. I need to share the gospel. And and going into the city, I, I thought of that quote, and I saw those lit-up windows, and I was like, man, each one of those windows could represent a family of people who, most of whom have maybe never heard the gospel. And that has been my experience just here in the city of Newburgh. I can recall one time, going through the city of Newburgh, I spoke to, I think, eight different people one-on-one that day, and each one of them knew something about the gospel. You know, they could they could give you some facts. They um, they knew who Jesus was. You know, they, they even knew that he died. And, and they knew what sin was. They could rattle off their sins very well. Some of some of them rattled off some violent crimes and w- without blushing, you know. Hmm. And but then, when asked why they were going to be in heaven or why they could have a relationship with God, their answer is always, well, I'm going to try to outweigh my bad deeds with my good deeds, and so be in heaven with him. They were completely clueless on what the gospel was. They were completely clueless about the holiness of God and about the, the sacrifice of Christ on their behalf. Mm-hmm. Either... Either no one had ever told them or they had never understood before. So there's so many people who you say, well, they've had opportunity. Sure, they've had opportunity, but they haven't apprehended it yet. And how many times did most of us reject the gospel before we received it? Yeah. So we have an unreached people right here at our fingertips, and you're never going to be able to love people and in China or in Africa or in South America or wherever it is that you want to go to, to share the gospel if you can't love those who are right around you who God has put before you. Amen. Now, as far as, um, as, far as prayer, uh, for people to be able to pray for specific things in your life, um, you know, I mentioned how you, know, you have prayer letters. Do you still do the prayer letters? Those prayer letters I have not been keeping up with. Um, we we try to contribute um, occasionally to the uh, the All for Jesus prayer letter that we have. So that I believe we can sign up for that um, at the All for Jesus Ministries dot com page. Okay. You can you can sign up for our prayer letter if you. I I don't know if there's anywhere else you could click on it, but if not, you can always 
send us an email or fill out that uh, that contact us page at allforjesusministries.com. You go to that, go to contact us, uh, you can reach out that way and we will get you signed up to receive our um, email newsletters. Very cool. Now as far as, okay, so on the same, and on the same website, there is also the donate page where uh, you can give to Patrick, you can give to the ministry in general, uh, you can give to anybody else who's on staff. All you need to do is make a separate message designating who it's for or even, you know, what it's for in, in general. Otherwise, it just gets split up. But either way, you know, we all who are on staff will get something of it uh, in if it's not designated. Yes, that's correct. So if you go to that donate, uh, um, the donate furthest to the right, if you go to the All for Jesus Ministries, look at the bar on top, all the way to the right is a, is a donate thing. You go there, go to donate today, and that will redirect you to PayPal. So I believe if you're doing a one-time gift, um, then you will need to, uh, and without forming a, um, an account, then you'll need to send us a message um, saying, hey, I would like this to go to the ministry of, of Willie Needham or Patrick Berg or Adam Gordon. Um, or, like, like Willie just said, if you don't mention that, it will be, it will be split up between our, uh, our workers and, and between the ministry for our, our needs overall. Um, you, I believe there might be a memo option if you have an account, um, but either way, it's, it's wise to send us the message, make sure that we, that we got it and understand how to use it until we get really good at this donation thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's how you would donate. That's how you'll sign up for our, our updates and, and know how best to pray for Awesome. It. Awesome. Yeah, this is, this is great. Very good stuff. And, uh. Well, Patrick, it has been a. I have had a great time uh, talking with you today. Uh, you know, it's it's been good fellowship, and and I pray that this can be, you know, this can be effective for for all who are listening, that it can go forth and people can be aware yeah. of what's going on. Uh, if you'd be so kind as to pray for Absolutely. us, you know, pray for our listeners, and that can uh, finish out our show. I'd love to. Lord God, we thank you so much for being who you are. Thank you for being. Is such an indescribably good God. Um, thank you for all the many kindnesses you show us daily that we are often not sensible to. I pray that you would open our eyes a little bit more to see you a little bit more clearly, um, to be a little bit more aware of your, your kindness to us. I pray that you would indeed, Lord, ignite a passion in each and every one of us to fulfill the Great Commission, where that is our... That's the task you've set before us, is to reach the world with the gospel, to, to see your name made great from the rising of the sun to the setting thereof. So I pray that you would give us the, the unction that we need, the motivation we need, the wisdom we need to take part in that. And I pray that, particularly here in the Hudson Valley, that your spirit would do an uncommon work and that we would see many souls come to know you uh, throughout this next year. I thank you for each and everyone listening. I pray that you would bless them. And if there's any listening that, that don't know you yet, I pray that you would bring them to a full knowledge of you. It's in your son's name we pray this. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Willie. All right. Well, so there you have it, folks. There's Patrick Berger, Director of Evangelism and Outreach for All for Jesus Ministries. This is Willie Needham. And I'm Patrick Berger. Both reminding you that in all you do, 
do it all for Jesus. This is the time to listen to the heart of the Lord. Thank you for listening to the All for Jesus Ministries podcast. For more information on the ministry, go to our website at www.allforjesusministries.com. That's all, number four. JesusMinistries.com. Be sure to follow us on Facebook to keep up with, with all that we have going on. And may the Lord bless you and keep you always. Only in Jesus Christ, righteous cannot stand. He washed me with his blood by faith, I'm made right. Christ stands in the gap to give me eternal life.